Hello, everybody. We are back for another renewal of the Sports Desk podcast. Tonight, we're going to be getting into our My GM series. We're going to be having a two-part interview tonight. Uh, two Ravens fans are going to be joining the podcast via Skype. We're going to be talking about team needs, uh, team direction, some draft uh, plans, and uh, some sign or release type scenarios for the Baltimore Ravens. Just kind of forecasting their offseason, you know, where they're going to go in the draft, who they could sign or release, you know, things of that nature. It's pretty straightforward. Been looking forward to this for a really long time. So without further ado, let's get it on. everybody we are joined by someone who had more touchdowns at m&t bank stadium than ryan mallet we're joined by jack eberhardt local football legend jack say hello to the people qb jack what's up people <laughs> so we're going to be talking uh baltimore ravens tonight as promised in our first edition of the my gm series like i said at the top we're going to be going down team needs um sign and release um just discussing like the highest highs and the lowest lows of the other ravens season draft needs, and then uh, 2019 expectations. So let's get it popping. All right. Um, I, I think first we should – Jack, how do you think the season went for you guys? Uh, this season it was, you know, there are high expectations going in because we had a, a relatively easier schedule than, than the rest of our division. But, you know, Flacco going into his contract year, everyone thought he was going to have a breakout a year. You know, he started out hot. We all saw what happened. We were four and five, and then Lamar Jackson took over and really, really took over the the division. And we went six and one, only losing to the Chiefs in overtime. You know, I was I was pretty happy with how the season. And you guys went. almost pulled out that game. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Didn't end how you know I wanted it to, but you know overall it was a positive year. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask like, what what are your thoughts on like the season ending to that LA game, because like. The way you guys played the Chargers in the regular season was uh, that was great football. Yeah, those games were uh, really a stark contrast from one another. What do you, how, how do you think you guys kind of finished at the end there, especially in the fourth quarter of that game? Well, the thing the thing was, you know, we didn't make any changes from the first time we played right. uh, the Chargers, so you know, and they right definitely there, you're did. not going to win in the NFL off of that. Yeah. And then when your quarterback, your offensive line, and your play calling is just not good you know you pretty much don't stand a chance you know we just got off to way too slow of a start you know we had a chance at the end but it was really going to take a you know like a crazy miracle on that last drive to uh get in a a touchdown range yeah yeah absolutely i'm also interested in uh like again we mentioned you played quarterback at mnt bank stadium uh what is it what's your outlook for like lamar jackson's career how do you think this past season went for him like quarterback-wise, not like from a team perspective? Well, qu- quarterback-wise this season, you know, we all obviously saw it. You know, he needs to get stronger throwing the ball in the pocket. You know, he showed some flashes of that, that throw to Mark Andrews he had uh, against the Chargers. You know, that was a great throw. A um, couple more to Andrews. You know, he had one against Tampa Bay and against Cleveland that were that were dimes. He, he showed some flashes, but the inconsistency with, with his accuracy and, and mainly his, his footwork is, is really what the issue is. You know, it's just his inconsistent in the passing game. And if he can clean that up in the pocket, you know, he can, he can be a good quarterback in this league. Yeah. I tend to agree with you. Do you think that, um, the situations he was put in throwing the ball, do you think any of that comes back to play calling and playing to his strengths or his weaknesses and kind of do you do you think offensively, like schematically, they could have put him in a better position to you know get him some easier throws? Yeah, they definitely could have. You know, Marty Morningweg. I mean, he's a good coach, but he did not do a good job. Right. You know, this year in the passing game with Lamar Jackson. You know, we should have ran. We ran straight play action passes a lot. You know, we should have been running more RPOs where he had the option to hand it off and run or throw. Jack, you know, uh, at the same I've been time saying that all the, season. You know, because that's, so that's what he was doing that. at Louisville. 
Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's kind of like uh, Cam Newton when he first came into the league. They were running Auburn's offense the, his entire rookie year. Like that's what yeah. you you can't throw the guy to the to the fire yet. Exactly. Exactly. And unless we a didn't. guy like Mahomes, you really can't just say, "All right, uh, you know this this is just as a coach, you can't just say, okay, this is who I am. This is who I am. These are my principles. Go out there and do it.' Like yeah, unless even you have Mahomes a guy like had that. he had a year." Mm-hmm. To learn the offense, he didn't right. get thrown straight into an NFL offense right away. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, we did, we did not do a good job of grooming him into the NFL this year. I thought offensive from a quarterback. So you're not standpoint. you're not one of the delusional fans that are calling for his head already, mm-hmm. thinking, oh, he's not a quarterback. He can't throw the football. No, we you got to give him time. I mean, he's got a new offensive coordinator this year who coordinated with Colin Kaepernick the two seasons where he was really well. So hopefully, you know, that correlates to Lamar's game a little bit because, you know, Kaepernick was a runner just like Lamar is. So hopefully that coordinates over and we can, you know, get the best out of Lamar Jackson. What do you think they could do for Lamar as far as getting weapons for him? Where would you like to see them kind of uh, add some extra firepower, be it the offensive line or wide receiver? You know, for me, really, I think it starts up front. I think you have to build a – a strong you have to build a strong line if you have a good quarterback he's only going to be as good as his line because you know we saw in the chargers game you know they really exposed our uh, interior linemen not Absolutely. yonda but with hurst and sakura they they exposed them pretty bad and you know you're not going to you know we're a running football team you know and that's what makes lamar jackson so good is us being able to run the ball and start doing the play action passes and the rpo so really for me it starts with up front and uh with the free agents out there this year, I think if we can get a guy like Ryan Khalil who's out there, get him on like a one, maybe a three-year contract, you know, of Ramon Foster, probably a little more realistic, someone like that to really beef up the the interior of our offensive line. You know, that's where I think we should look at first, really. Yeah, absolutely. Free agency is probably three weeks out. Um, in that same vein, though, what do you uh, – this is a pretty loaded question, but what do you think about them moving on from Joe Flacco? Uh, you know, it's it's bittersweet. You know, he he was he was great for us. I mean, I I love him. I mean, he brought um to a team that really, really didn't have a consistent quarterback throughout their history. I mean, even the year we won our first Super Bowl, two quarterbacks started that year. You know, we made a quarterback change won the Super Bowl, and he was really the uh, really the the first. He was he was the first franchise quarterback we had. And, you know, he won a lot of football games, brought a Super Bowl here, and had you know arguably the best playoff ever. So I mean, he was he was great for us. It's bittersweet, but. You know, we have a young guy like Lamar Jackson coming in and showed that he can win in this league, so it was time to move on from Flacco. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Uh, so we've been talking about offense. The one free agent that's kind of being uh, like, I don't know, like a, a carrot in front of a pig in front of you guys is Le'Veon Bell recently. What do you think about that? Do you think you guys have a chance? Or or is it Antonio Brown? One of the two. One one of the you know, two. Which one would you rather have? Because I've seen know, Ravens for both of them. Personally, I, I think I would rather have Bell because you know with with Antonio Brown we would have to trade for him and yeah. give up someone, and then we're trading with someone in our division that we see twice a year, maybe three if they make the playoffs. You know, so I would I would stay away from Brown, but Bell's a guy I think I think we can get if Bell goes out there in the free agency and he sees that he's not getting a contract that he wants. That's when I think we can swoop in and, uh, you know, steal him from the other teams. Yeah, I like that pun, swoop in and steal him from the other teams. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I I think he's more of an ideal locker room guy than, um, than Brown as well. You know, going forward, you guys are kind of starting anew with a young quarterback. You really want to have that solidarity in the locker room. And Antonio Brown, he's my favorite player, but you have to be objective when you talk about the um, – the potential toxicity he could bring to a locker room. And you don't want that around a team that's kind of trying to take that extra step and uh, with a young quarterback at the helm. So I could I could definitely respect the Bell move on that front. All right. Um, what do you think about their defense? Because we've been talking about offense this entire time. I mean, they right. had the one of the best defenses in the NFL, statistically game to game, the best in the NFL. Do you think you guys need any tweaks there, or? Um, you know, for me, you know, the number one priority this offseason clearly is, you know, getting C.J. Mosley back. Whether that, 
is a franchise tag or or a big contract. You know, we have to sit down and talk to him and see what he wants. And then after that, to me, it goes immediately to Jimmy Smith because I'm pretty sure he's due like nine point eight million this season, yep. and he hasn't he hasn't played enough and stayed healthy enough to you know get that money. So we have to talk to him and see if he would be willing to you know take less money and uh, you know fix his contract. And if he says no, then it might be time to move on from him. And then if we move on from him, then that leaves a little more cap room. Maybe we can start talking to Zardarius Smith and get him back with our defense because. Outside of Jimmy Smith, you know, our secondary is relatively young if you leave out Eric Weddle. We have young guys like Tavon Young, Anthony Averett, and, you know, Marlon Humphrey who have who've shown that they're they're very good in this league. Yeah. You left out Deshaun Elliott, uh, safety from Texas. He he he'll be back eventually. Yeah, one of these days. One of my favorite <laughs> prospects of all time. Um what do you think happens with T Sizzle? Terrell Sucks. I think if, if we offer Suggs anything, I think he's going to take it. You know, I think yeah. whether it's a one-year deal, you know, veterans minimum, anything, he'll he'll take it. Uh, yeah, I think he wants to uh, – he's kind of getting to the twilight of his career. I really think he wants to wants to finish up his career as a Baltimore Raven. I, I don't think it would be very wise of him to go pecking other places. Uh, you have – I think you have a great thing going in Baltimore. And as far as the defense goes, my, in, in my honest opinion – I think it's time to move on from Jimmy Smith. He hasn't been the presence that they wanted him to be. Um, I, I think there's, you know, relatively good, you know, fringe first, second round secondary talent in the draft. I think you could really um, snag up a guy and just build that way. Um, speaking of the draft, what do you uh, what do you think in draft wise? Where do you want to go with that twenty uh, second pick? Yeah, for us with our twenty uh, second pick, I definitely think we should look at offensive line. You know, I think that's. I think that was the weakest part of our team this past season. And especially with Marshall Yonda, you know, being 37 years old, you know, he doesn't have that much uh, that much longer left in the league. So I definitely think we need to look uh, offensive line in the first round. But it also depends who's available because you do want to go best available, I think, that late in the draft. Yeah. So most Ravens fans have said receiver. Is that, like, plan B for you? You know, for me, I didn't – there's not there's not too many you know offensive uh, like skill position wise there's not too too much offensive talent I think that's worth reaching on in the first round this year you know I think there's a lot of good linemen coming into this draft specifically the guy from Oklahoma I think that's who we should look at and you know in the second round second or third we don't have a second round pick this year but you know third round if a guy like Brown from Oklahoma I mean he he could be a, a very good option for us. That's scary. Yeah, I, t- I tend to agree right that uh, Brown would be a good option. It just depends where he's available. Good thing for you guys, though, is it's a very deep receiver class. Um, one name that I think of as a wide receiver that the Ravens can go with at um, at twenty two. Not to you know, not to cross check your offensive line pick. I think there will be some uh, some immense talent at that spot. You mentioned Yadni Kajust. I think Dill- Andre Dillard will still be hanging around. Uh, maybe Jawan Taylor falls that far, so you you will have a lot of options on the offensive line if that's the direction um, Eric DeSanto wants to go. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. I apologize for butchering the new GM's last name, but um, <laughs> a wide receiver option you could look at at that spot. DK Metcalf. I know his stock's been rising, but um, yeah. I think people have concerns about his injury history and the limit. The you know the limited route tree, but. Dude is huge, just a, an immense catch radius. He bench pressed 100 pounds in first yeah, grade. Yeah, just a, a, an elite, you know, a, elite physical talent. Which I don't know about you, Jack, but when I was at Meadowvale, I was not bench pressing 100 pounds. <laughs> but, I don't think anybody was. <laughs> uh, Jake Kirkendall has something to say about Jesus that one. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, all right, so is there any – we mentioned Le'Veon. Is there any other free agents you guys – or you you think you guys will target? Uh, you know there there's a few, and I look at two. I look at Mark Ingram and Golden Tate, two guys that I think Oof. you know they're older. You're making me they're sad. They're older, Jack. and I think with them testing the free agency, they might not get the money that they that they think they're worth. And I think that's another situation where we can you know swoop in and lock lock one of them up maybe to like a, a short short contract, like a three year deal. Yeah, you know, I think that would be something worth contrary looking at. Contrary to popular then, belief, Golden Tate is hard to, uh, you know, put into your offense. He's hard to scheme around. I've heard. 
Yeah. And then, and then I also, you know, I look at the O-line, and I think, you know, guys like Ryan Khalil or Ramon Foster, I think would be great options for us. Yeah, for absolutely. We, um, in the, on the Giants end of things, my, uh, my dad actually sends me a different top 50 free agent list about every day now. He's like, I want to be the top research assistant for the podcast. I'm like, Dad, we're not hiring. You have a full-time job uh, as well, so that wouldn't be in your best interest. But as far as, like, you know, looking at free agents from, you know, the, the inside of your organization, you'll get, like, you know, pro giant sites, and they'll have, like, 30 different guys that will be, um, you know, being looked at by the Giants. I feel, oh, yeah. like, I, I feel like if you look at, um, like, pundits that are pro your team, you're going to find a lot of those guys that have that NYG or that BAL next to it. But I, yeah. I think this is a very big – um, offensive line, you know, market as far as free agents go. I know we were, we're interested in a guy, Daryl Williams out of Carolina, um, Ryan Khalil, Matt Paradis is another big name. So you have a lot of options. You, I know you said you, you, um, you would be interested in addressing offensive line in the draft. Look at, I'm telling you, look at that free agent market first. Like, like we said, it's, it's, a, it's a big market for O-line. Yeah, I mean it, it's huge. it's big this year, and you know it's gonna it's gonna be huge for the Ravens because I think for in order for Lamar Jackson to be successful, like I said, we're gonna need a strong O line. So it's it's gonna be big for us to see how we you know end up replacing Marshall Yonda, whether it be right. signing a young guy to a contract or finding a guy in the draft, you know, because it, it is gonna be hard to replace him. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I like your thinking with uh, Ingram and Tate on those uh, short term deals as well. That would really you know be uh be efficient for both parties i think because both of those guys relatively speaking are in their prime but not to the point where you have to pay them an exorbitant amount of money you follow me yeah exactly yeah Um, that's why that's why i think they're two they're two two, they're two key guys that i think we can target you know because we're kind of in that win now mentality you know we got right you know we made the playoffs this year we had a chance to win at the end you know with a really crappy game you know (laughs) i think we just move a couple pieces around. I think I think we'll be all right. Yeah, you don't have to do too much housekeeping with this organization, and it's crazy because both of those guys, um, you know, really hitting the market. That's two guys who really want touches, so they have all the initiative, and you have you will have all the workload for them. You know, if they were to come to Baltimore, yep. so exactly all the incentive to sign with the Ravens, who are in win now mode. Yeah, and then another thing that I look at with the Ravens, and a lot of people don't really look at this. The safety list this year in the free agency is, you know, it's pretty deep with guys mm-hmm. like Collins, Thomas, uh, oh, Tyron Matthews. just start crying. <laughs> and you know, and when you look at uh, when you look at Eric Weddle, you know, a guy who is, you know, pretty old, his career is coming to an end. Do you really, do you really want to keep a guy like that in your secondary who, you know, can come up the field and make a tackle, but is, you know, getting slower on the back end, and you can see him, you know, not being able to make his much plays on the ball as he used to be able to. So do you, yeah. do you walk away from, you know, his, you know, he's a big key in the locker room. Do you walk away from a guy like that and then look to sign, you know, someone like, like a Tyron Matthew or a Landon Collins or, a, you know, Earl Thomas. Do you, I mean, that's one thing I think the Ravens Bennett's should grinning. look at. <laughs> he doesn't want Jack, Landon don't sign Collins Landon Collins. <laughs> I like him and he can't cover on the back end anyway. So <laughs> don't sign him um jack i'm interested <laughs> in your thoughts on the whole i mean throughout the season it was kind of like oh harbaugh's out of there at the end of the season and it came out i did not like that thinking by the way it, what, what do you think about that were you one of the ravens well, fans that wanted him gone or you know when i when i was you know when we were four and five you know i was i was mad and obviously yeah. i was thinking you know he's got to go all this stuff but, you know, when you really look at it and you look at the success he's had, he's been a pretty successful head coach in this league. And if you look at the guys who are out there, you know, there's not really anyone out there with a track record as impressive as his is. So when you really look at it, you're like, do I really want to move away from this guy and hire someone else who is potentially and probably not going to be as good as he is? And the players love John Harbaugh, too. So that's another thing you would have to look at as an organization. There are a few coaches out there that knew Sean McVay. I think they, they, they would have been, they would have been in the running immediately, <laughs> without question. Um, what what was your? We'll do this. What was your highest high point of the season? Oh, for me, oh, you know, it had to be you know that Cleveland Browns game. I mean, it was the it was the best way to to end the regular season possible. You know, 
you beat a division opponent and, you know, high-profile rookie quarterback who, you know, I thought was getting a little big. Chris Bridges a little bit. He is good. <laughs> but, you know, that was that was awesome. And then to knock Pittsburgh out of the playoffs, I mean, that was just – that was that was almost even better than winning that game was knocking them out of the playoffs. That, the, was, that, was, the, that was the best part of the season. The icing on the cake, so to speak. And it what was, what yes, was your was, lowest it, point of the season? Uh, for me – it would have to be pro- either the probably the Pittsburgh game. You know, a lot of fans probably say the Carolina game, but the Pittsburgh game was probably it for me because not only was it a divisional game, it was a rivalry game, but it was a game we, you know, we didn't play too well in, and we had a chance to win. And you know, and if we would have just if we would have played just a little bit better, we probably would have won that game. I mean, we played like crap and lost by a touchdown, so yeah. that was pretty frustrating for me. Um. All right. So let's do like a little speed sign or let go for your guys's upcoming free agent class uh terrell suggs you gotta resign him you gotta keep him around Locker all right john brown yep john brown you gotta let him walk oh couldn't agree I, more i'd agree cj mosley cj mosley number one priority that's got to be a sign there you go. i think he's gonna get tagged quote yeah. me now i think he's gonna get tagged uh, Zadarius Smith. Zadarius Smith, you gotta let him walk, but look to re-sign at the same time. All right. Play both sides. I like it. Buck Allen. Yep. Buck Allen. Ooh, you know that's a guy. If we can get him for cheap, you re-sign him. If not, you gotta let him walk. Yeah. Uh, damn, all your running backs. Alex Collins. Alex Collins. That's another guy. If you can get him for real cheap, you gotta get him. If not, you know you gotta let him go. And the the plumber. Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards, we, you got to re-sign Gus Edwards. Yeah, I mean, he's a tank. It could, could have been a fluke season, but you never know. Yeah, he'll keep him around. I, I think highly of Gus The free Edwards. agency class for running backs is pretty big, too. I mean... Oh, it's, it's a huge class. Yeah. I mean, you guys missed out on Kareem Hunt, but... No one <laughs> saw that move coming. I just want to put that out there. No one saw that move coming. That's not a commendable move. You absolutely slap Nick Chubb in the face with that move. I just I don't get it. It's one of it's, I, I agree. It's a rental. It's one of those things. John Dorsey, the Browns went like half sicko mode. I would almost call it Mo Bamba. Not quite <laughs> sicko mode, but Mo Bamba. Sicko mode's a better song. Um, yeah, and he was just like, oh, gotta get another one. It's like he shotgunned a Red Bull and just started like thinking shit. You know, it's one of those things. Very impulsive, in my opinion. Not not a good PR move either. I don't think. And- and who knows how long he's going to be suspended too, you know? Exactly. Yeah, it's one of those things you really got to look at. Um, so what's your best possible scenario going into next season? Like, what do you think? Oh, uh, you know, for next season, you know, I really think, you know, if we finish like, I think we can finish, you know, 10 and 6, 11 and 5 range. And, you know, I think that's good enough to put us, put us at top in the division. I think that's the best scenario for next season. Mm-hmm. Because if you look, if you look at, well, I mean, our division, we have a hard, we have a hard schedule next year. We play, everyone's got to play the Patriots, but the rest of the AFC East, you know, terrible. But Pretty we do tough. have to play. They the almost NFC. won seven games. <laughs> <laughs> we do have to play the NFC West, and you know the Ravens. We have to go to Seattle and to LA, and I think Pittsburgh gets both of them at home, if I'm oh. not mistaken. So that's oh. going to be, you know, that's going to be tough for us. We're going to have to win one of those two games. But you know, I think if we can get one of those two games, I think we really have a strong chance of repeating as a division champs yeah you can quote me on this now i think you guys have a better chance against the rams oh i i 100 agree i think our, our secondary matches up perfectly with their receivers i think i think our d-line you know matches up well with their o-line the only thing that scares me about the rams is the way our offensive line is going to play against their front that's yeah, that's Aaron, the thing that worries Aaron donald me. um and uh to be determined because dante fowler and sue are both free agents but aaron donald always scares the crap out of you just the way they can move him around you know how they oh yeah all the different angles they bring him from but on the uh on the contrary the ravens defense is just as good at applying pressure and golf is terrible under pressure so just looking forward uh to that game in 2019 i I think you guys bode well matchup wise with them so just you know a cross conference game i think you could really get a good notch on your belt with that one for sure so before i let you go what are your thoughts on the whole steelers situation Oh, personally, coming from a Ravens fan, I love it. <laughs> I love it. You what know, you- I think 
and you know what's crazy is I I think Antonio Brown is right in saying what he said about Ben Roethlisberger on Twitter the other day. But but those are things you know when you're on a good team like the Steelers, those are just things you can't say in the social media world because the overall goal is to win a championship, and all those things are just distractions from that. And you know it really looks bad for Antonio Brown. Draymond Green argument exactly exactly it just boiled over in my opinion and i think it really does fall back on the steelers whether ab's right or wrong they didn't address the concerns in the locker room they just let big ben run roughshod over the organization and he's he's not a leader it really does fall back to him i think it's kind of been their pitfall all these years him pointing i agree all, all the fingers that he has in that locker room is really sowed some uh, discord there. So I, I really think it falls back on Ben Roethlisberger. And I think next year the Browns are really going to emerge because the Bengals are going to be in rebuild mode, whether they want to admit it or not. They're and, in purgatory. Yeah, they're in purgatory. That's a good word. And I think the Steelers are just going to fall slowly, you know, evaporate more or less. And, that, and then the Browns, uh, I think they can, dra- you know, really capitalize at 17 and, uh, you know, just got Kareem Hunt. So uh, they have uh, – the wind is really going in their direction. Kareem Hunt, ton more caps. So I, I really think it's going to be uh, the Browns and the Ravens for many years. Who would have ever thought we would many be years to that. come. The Browns. Oh, yeah, are... I agree. I think that the Browns on paper might be the scariest team in our division. Yeah. I mean, I t- the way yeah. they are on paper, they're the scariest team in our division. I tend to agree with you. It's going to be fun to watch that little – duopoly at the top of the AFC North. The AFC North is going to be fun football for a lot of Especially years. Especially with two second-year guys. I mean, you look at like Wentz and Goff, their second year it was like that's yeah. when they arrived. Right. Think of, the, think of it like this, though. These two second-year guys, marquee quarterback matchup, meet twice a year. Yeah. That's, that's something to look it's forward to. It's going to be fun so. for years. All right, Jack, thank you for uh, coming on. We hope to have you on again soon. Yeah, no problem. Absolutely, Jack. Good to good to talk to you, brother. Take care. See yep. See ya. All right. What's up, gamer boys? Uh, quick little ad read for ourselves right now. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at the Sports Desk Pod. That's all one word, all lowercase. And then on Twitter at Sports Desk Pod underscore all lowercase. Uh, really trying to pump these social media up. Uh. We got a few fun things coming in the future. We've been talking about the YouTube channel for the past like nine years. It will get done eventually. Computers are really confusing. Um, But yeah, here's our uh, conversation with Roland Epps. And we are here with Roland, my co-worker at Lacrosse Unlimited. Roland, how you doing? I'm good, Noah. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. Uh, cozy Sunday for me. We're going to do the same thing we did with Jack earlier. Just run through uh, what you guys think of this season, uh, team needs, free agency draft, all that good stuff. Uh, first things first, though. What was your uh, thoughts on this season? Um. So thoughts on the season. I could not have been any happier that we moved on from Joe Flacco. Um. Anyone. Who knows me as as you do Noah? I was not high on Flacco. Um, yeah, I think he benefited a lot from playing with Ray Lewis. I think without Ray Lewis, we he doesn't have a Super Bowl ring. I just I don't think he's that great of a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I also wanted. I also think that um, like our running game was awesome in terms of like what it became. But I I, I think I, I can't personally wait until. They really start truly sitting back and grooming Lamar Jackson to be an actual NFL caliber quarterback, and that's what I'm excited for most. But that's probably what I got most out of um, last season, especially like the couple times they would let him uh, let throw the rock around like at the end of games, mm-hmm. like and come back. He was started throwing darts in like uh, the the Chargers playoff game. All yeah. of a sudden, he dropped like, two touchdowns or something like that. So I'm excited. But one of the questions yeah. we asked Jack is. What was your uh, thoughts on that L.A. game in the playoffs? Because you guys played that team a lot differently during the regular season, and it was only, what, one game away from each other? Yeah, they they were. They were indeed. Um, So I thought that the biggest thing was 
I feel I think that what Anthony Lynn did as a head coach was phenomenal. Um, along in conjunction with their defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. because I think the way that they played the Ravens, no one could have scouted or prepared for that. Which is what playing five safeties basically at a time and three were spying linebackers, and they were all like I want to say backup. They had they have had to be backup strong safeties because they could all tackle extremely well and were fast as hell. Yeah. So, that was a good job on their behalf is instead of there being, like, bad preparation on our behalf, if that makes any sense. Bennett, who's the guy on YouTube that does the film breakdown that broke down that game for the Chargers? Um, I forget that guy's name. Jared something? No, nah, I'm I'm blanking on it right now, too. <laughs> going. He just... He just put out. Jamie, Jamie, can you look that up for us? I know Vak. I know Vak Lombardi does film breakdowns, and I know Samuel Gold does them. I'm literally basically wrong. This guy broke down. It's interesting that you brought that safety it's thing Brett, up because it's Brett Jack something, didn't, dude, and I, I've totally forgot about it. Brett Coleman. Brett Coleman. Yeah. Uh, he did this video on how, uh, that that game is going to change how the NFL defense is played. Yeah. I mean, the use of multiple safeties, no one's heard about that before. And then out of nowhere, L.A. pulls it out of the hat and is like, hey, run against this. You know what? Can I text for, for a quick sec? Yeah. I, 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 I like to think that he probably got the idea from, um, I want to say the Buccaneers, because that's where Mark Barron was originally drafted. Mm-hmm. And Mark Barron was, went from strong safety down to linebacker. Well, he left yeah and that's the same thing with uh your former or not former your individual in division rival uh cleveland they do it with jabril peppers a lot yeah yeah well 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 he's they like drop him down to serve as a linebacker but mm-hmm. like um they literally just made him play linebacker uh i see like, i, I see what like you a, mean like a season because he, he they like made him like i think they Got him to add maybe 10, 15 pounds of muscle. Um, and he just explosive as all get out by him being like that safety. And he could fly around by being a safety, but he was a lot stronger because of that extra 10 pounds. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Not to veer too much off course, but Greg Williams yep. going to the New York Jets. What Do you, do you think he's going to do some similar stuff with Jamal Adams? <sighs> um, I don't know. Um, I would hope so. I think. I think Jamal has a skill set that could um, complement that uh, possible desire um, from a defensive coordinator's perspective. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I think he's even better than Jabril Peppers, and he's shown. He, oh, he definitely took better. A, yeah. He took a great leap uh, forward uh, in terms of his coverage ability this year too. I think he made a lot of good plays uh, in the passing game, so I, I think the the book's really open on him and you know, how you can play to his strengths and whatnot. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do there. Uh, speaking on safeties, how do you feel about your defensive backfield? I know Jimmy Smith is um, is kind of on the ropes as far as contracts go and, you know, his production. Where do you uh, where do you see a line with him? Do you think the Ravens should move on or um, perhaps look to salvage what's left of Jimmy Smith and kind of cut him a deal? So I, I think Jimmy Smith deserves to be cut a deal. I think Jimmy Smith is a very underrated corner. I think if you go back and look in the film, um, I feel like Jimmy Smith is a top tier. I don't I don't want to say top 10 because that can be pretty dicey or even top five. No, I would go top 10. Top five is a little dicey. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the very least, top tier um, man cover corner for sure. Um, and so I think he deserves a contract based on that alone because there aren't too many – um in the league i think in my very very personal opinion well in today's nfl yeah um and also like the only issue we have with jimmy is that he's injury prone um but it's like the what the one season i think he stayed healthy complete like a complete 16 games he was a complete blanket like the harry potter blanket just like that (laughs) but an actual person that's pretty funny uh Speaking of defense, what was your thought overall for your guys' defense? Because you guys had the statistically the best offense game or defense game to game. I think you guys allowed like average two sixty a game. I want to say. Yeah, something like that. Um, two uh, two ninety two two ninety two a game. Seventeen yeah, I mean, points. 
yeah, it's that's still like weird. Like, I'm still a little bit of um, still a little sour about it, just because I'm like still thriving on like well, in the back of my head. Um, well, not thriving, I guess you could say. I would say more like um, remembering the 2000 Ravens, where it was like, son, all we need is like a field goal and a touchdown, and we straight. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah and you need to think twice and, about that. Exactly. And so, like, like you, I got used to that. And so, like, this bend but don't break generation of, like, the NFL and defenses is, like, super weird to me. Um, but I will say I thought – Man, I thought we could tell you listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we. that's all we used to describe the Rams, like, the whole season. Good personnel, but they just – it's just how the NFL is, bend but don't break. It's it's containment is really what it is. Yeah, I, I, agree with I, you I'm more. not a fan. Like Not you guys fan. had um, had the number one defense overall, but you guys allowed seventeen points a game. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, I, I think that our defense was was good for what we have. I think we need to start getting younger. I don't think we need to move on yet. I do think we need to get younger. Um, so like, I, I don't believe in drafting a stud every time to like just come over and take over a new spot. I do do think that. Excuse me. It's a lot better to go in the route of finding a guy that's awesome and like maybe like he can develop or split reps, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, like uh, like Zadarius Smith, for example, I want to say last year or two years yeah. ago, which is which is first year. He basically, I feel like he like split reps with Terrell Suggs all the time. Yeah, like that's just what I felt like. Um, or like Matt Judon last year. Like I felt like he was in there every other play. Um. And so I think we need to get a little younger finally where Suggs is and be prepared so that way whenever he's gone in two or three seasons, we'll have a guy who's two or three seasons in, he'll be on his, what, fourth year's rookie contract. By the time he gets really, really good, Suggs will be out. And then Zedarius Smith will hopefully have a decent uh, contract or whoever that is um, that'll be flanking that uh, that right edge by the time uh, Terrell Suggs is gone. Um, uh, and so I also think... You want to keep Terrell Suggs no matter what, right? Second, you want to keep Terrell Suggs no matter what because he's a free what? agent this year. I don't want my team in against me, baby. I, <laughs> yeah, that was to get rid of him. Uh, was, what what do you think of uh, I, I'm sorry that I'm cutting you off though, but what do you think about this whole Joe Flacco thing? Because Terrell Suggs is a guy that Baltimore loves, so was Joe Flacco at, at points. At points. Oh, to say it again? I said, uh, Terrell Suggs was a guy that Baltimore loved, and so yep. was Joe Flacco at some points. So what, what do you yep. – I, I would argue that the love for Joe Flacco at his peak was higher than the love for Terrell Suggs. Uh, you know what? I actually concur with that statement. However, I will also say this. I think that people's love for Joe Flacco stems from the Super Bowl that he brought us instead yeah. of the reality of – is that's a good point and that that actually differs from what jack said because jack was praising him he 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 was sad to see him go but i know i I know you and i know you you hate flacco i'm not a fan (laughs) (laughs) not a fan I, lo- I love his arm, but um, but I, I hate his mentality as a quarterback. I, I don't like his mentality as a teammate either. Like his rookie season, I remember him doing or being involved in a wildcat play. He runs a streak and catches a 45-yard bomb like like he's done it a thousand times. Um, and then you fast forward three seasons, all of a sudden he don't know he doesn't know what being a teammate is. That that's disturbing to me. I'm not a fan. I don't like that. Yeah, I remember that Super Bowl year you guys had uh, seeing the headlines that. Tyrod Taylor, who was your guys' backup at the time, was running first-team yep. reps because they were preparing for Kaepernick. And I, I found that weird because even though Flacco was coming off that great playoff run, uh, like Jack mentioned earlier, one of the best playoff runs of all time. But mm-hmm. it's kind of weird that he wasn't taking first-team reps about to play in the Super Bowl. That's a little, I don't know. That's just like a that's just like a preparation kind of thing. No, but like you would think like uh, Joe Flacco would be like, okay, I I can run. Like at a glance, it's very weird. But Joe Flacco's pocket presence is some of the worst I've ever seen. Like you look at a guy like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, even not athletic guys have way better pocket presence than Joe Flacco. Like Tom Brady's pocket presence is top three, and that's why he is the quarterback that he is. 
I'm not saying he's an athlete by any stretch, but his pocket definitely not an athlete. His pocket presence is impeccable. Tom Brady can't catch footballs. Let's uh, remind everybody that. Philly, Philly. <laughs> um. So, on the same thing of quarterbacks, what was your what's your thoughts on Lamar season and uh, like your outlook for his career? Um. I I think it's a little early for his career. Uh, I would give him at least one more year of an actual look. Um, and also it was reported that he was more so just doing like the wildcat stuff all off season. So then all of a sudden, Oh, here go the keys to the offense, by the way. It's yeah. like, it's like you give, like you, you give him his driver's license and driver's permit test everything for even the first car, all, all automatic. And then all of a sudden you're like, look, this is your real first car. And we're going to give you a Lamborghini, which is sport and stick shift. And it's like, what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think Marty Morningwig was trying to do too much too soon with him, and I think that's why he's not there. They they're bringing in Greg Roman, and Jack made a great point in the first part of our interview series that um, Greg Roman previously worked with Kaepernick, mm-hmm. and um, that's really going to be something that plays to Lamar's strengths. You know, incorporate more more um, RPO uh, things of that nature. Really, just play to his strengths as an athletic quarterback. Don't, you know, don't refine him to the pocket. You can get very creative with him. I've been saying it. I've said it like the past, like, or not the past, but the I've said it on at least like three different episodes. The RPO is going to be the way the NFL goes in like a yeah, few years. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, uh, the way that, uh, you know, my Philadelphia Eagles demolished uh, Harrison Smith and made him look like a schoolboy in a schoolyard. Uh, at a school? Yeah. <laughs> At on a, a school. On a school day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At re- I mean, can you imagine Lamar Jackson and Gus Edwards running an RPO? I mean, come on. Yeah, we uh, we addressed the Le'Veon Bell rumors on the first part of the episode, too. Imagine if they uh, if they got him. That's uh, Yeah, what, what's your thoughts on that, Roland? What a fool believes. So uh, um, I've heard a lot of people saying that Le'Veon all of a sudden hates the, the Steelers um, and the organization and everything. Yeah. Same thing goes with, like, he has seen a lot of like a lot of that stuff being reported, um, and I will say, um, and Noah will can attest to this from like knowing me personally. I am a very much of a person of like will like I will believe your actions over your words, um, and I I tend to wonder how much of this is just truly distaste with how they handle them as opposed to actually hating the um the organization so like if if it's more so business discussed versus brand discussed so if so if like they're disgusted now with like the brand of like the pittsburgh steelers and all of that based on what they've gone through then we may get them however if it's just business i don't think they come here because you're never you're never not going to be a Steeler at heart if you love the the organization deep down so with exactly. that being case he'll never become a baltimore raven yeah it's kind of like uh when Deshaun Jackson went to the Redskins. Yeah. Like, even though every time Deshaun Jackson plays the Eagles, he, for some reason, you know, receives 200 yards. And then for the rest of the season, he has, like, 500 yards total. Uh, yep. It, it It's like, I don't know. It, it, you're never going to be a true, like, player to heart if you go to an in-division in rival. And, I mean, shout-out to Hugh Jackson. Yeah. You're going to get a lot of smoke for that. That's ridiculous. Uh, Hugh, I want all the smoke. I hope you I, I just want to go on record as saying screw Hugh. Um, guy's a complete clown and a total parody of himself, which takes a lot to do in uh, this day and age. But a um, little segue here. Um, Roland, what do you think the, the Ravens are going to do in the draft with a 22nd pick? Um. Even though we severely need offensive linemen, I think we need to surround Lamar Jackson with playmakers because I think if we get better receivers um, and playmakers on the outside of the offense, I think it can in turn make our offensive line look a little bit better. Um, right. I.e. Tom Brady with his offensive line. They, they've been kind of patchworked um, for the past couple That's of seasons. That's a great like, take never right been, there. Like, They've never been like top five in talent. They've always been like top five in protection, like in terms of right. like stats. But it's like if you compare their guys to like um, the guys from like the Colts this year, or um, I don't know, just, uh, like just run the guys down um, in terms of like offensive line groups. Like they're not, they're not top tier. 
they're probably middle of the pack. But Tom Brady does a good job of finding his playmakers and finding um, guys that can make plays. And so, like, it in turn makes the offensive line look better. So you're you're thinking receiver at 22? Yes, yes, yes. We need a receiver bad. We had we have um we have Michael um hands a popcorn club tree, uh, crab tree and then we have <laughs> I've never heard that one before. That's hilarious. John one route brown and then we also <laughs> have I love the hate. Um, Chris underplayed more. I I wish he played more. Actually, I wish he did a lot more of his last name. That's a and pun. Then, we uh and who's the uh, the other guy? There's a Willie there's a Sneed. third guy. Yes, yeah, yeah. So um Willie Hidden Sneed, because I don't know why no one can find him. Um <laughs> I feel like I feel like they should do a a way better job of finding Willie Sneed. I think he's by far like our probably uh best receiver based on his past record with the Saints. Because his last two seasons, three seasons with the Saints were absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, remarkable stuff. And then all of a sudden he, like, forgot how to play the position. Yeah. (laughs) I think that has to do with usage, too. And um, the direction you guys are going in with some new coaching on the offensive side of the ball, I think that's really going to change things up. Um, Throw me a name at 22. This is a loaded wide receiver class. A number of ways you could go. Who Who do you think they go with at 22? Just give me a name. I'm not going to front, not going to front. I do not know too many of the uh, prospects. What I would like to see, which we have not had in a while, is a big receiver that has awesome hands and, and already has a halfway decent route tree because we have not had hey, a receiver that can run routes well since, like, Anquan Bolden. Hey, let me, let me introduce you to my buddy. His name's DK Metcalf. He went to Ole Miss. He uh, bench-pressed 100 pounds when he was in first grade. He uh yep. is six six seven six 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 five oh, six five uh no that's Hakeem Hakeem Butler I, I I'm sorry I'm getting them confused but uh th- this guy is humongous he actually looks like uh, one of the monsters yeah he looks he looks like the SpongeBob episode where he like blows his muscles up like balloons and fake arm he's just a freak. He looks like Sean o- – if Sean Oakman was a wide receiver. He'd be that guy. Yeah. I yeah, bring up I, Sean Oakman way too much on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, I, I like where your head's at rolling with the receiver group, though. I mean, Mark Andrews was phenomenal this year. If you can get someone to compliment his efforts in the passing game, Mark Andrews pretty much is a receiver. I don't, I don't see that he can block too well, but the Ravens always have like seven tight ends you've never heard of. So I think other um, components of your offense can kind of compensate for that weakness in his game. But – um, I, yeah, I like where your head's at with uh, these, you know, with the receivers. I'd imagine you want John Brown to walk. I'd imagine you want Crabtree to walk. That would free up some caps. So, um, yeah, good, good thinking on your part for sure. What, uh, what are your expectations for 2019, Roland? What, what's your outlook on the Baltimore Ravens of 2019? So for two zero one nine, I think that we we go. If I had to put a number on it, I say we go. Somewhere between like 500 and like around like 83% winning. I think 83% would put us at what, like 13, right? Like 13 and three, yeah. some nonsense like that. Um, yeah, and I think we go somewhere between there. I know like they haven't put like, uh, what's the word, uh, schedules out yet. So a lot of that would also depend on the schedule. Um, you, your guys' schedule is out. Really? Do you want me to read it for you? Christ, no, I have the Ravens app, but I never got like a notification. That's selfish on their behalf. <laughs> uh, I know you guys are playing the uh, NFC West, the AFC, NFC West, and, AFC the, East. and the AFC East. Oh, okay. So I know you guys head to Seattle and, and head to NFC LA. West, East? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we're only winning four of those games. Oof. The whole se- uh, oh, four out of the eight. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking maybe. Four I can, out of the I eight. can live with that. I, I can live with that. Your division's not going to be as strong as many people think either. So I, I, I don't, I, I don't think we beat the Rams. Also, depending on what they bring back, but in parent, present state, I don't think we beat the Rams. Um, Seattle will be a tough game, but I think we can beat them. Arizona's awful, so we'll win that. We well, should win that. Yeah. Um. Who's the fourth team in that division? San Francisco. San Francisco. It'll depend on that quarterback. Um, and then 
the AFC East, we're probably losing the Patriots because we have a, a young quarterback and Belichick is a genius and a half. Um, we should be able to beat the Dolphins. We should be able to beat the Bills. And once again, third team, Jets. That will depend on who they get to fill in that running back spot and also like what they do in the offseason because Sam Donald is a dog. Yeah, he he really turned a corner at the at the like from the middle to the end of the season. I thought he really kind of responded. That Texans game, he played to win that game. Kid was in his bag. Absolutely. And that's another team that's in the Le'Veon discussion. If they get Le'Veon right. Bell, that's a scary team. Yeah, we we hope to have some Jets fans on for uh for this uh you know kind of kind of mini series of the my the my GM series. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, definitely want to get their perspective. So you on you some- think between like eleven and five, and like eight and eight? Yeah, eight and eight. Yep. That, that's, that's what I like good. about that's what I like about Ravens fans. Very open minded. Yeah. Ah, I can't give you that one, bro. As a Ravens fan, dog man, some of us <laughs> are fanball fans and not football fans. Uh, that's a good point. Adam Jones hit a home run last night. Yeah, those kinds. The two, the two Ravens fans we've talked to this evening, though, very, very objective, very good sense of, uh, very good sense of direction for the team going forward. You know, with, uh, with each of, with you and Jack's ways of thinking, respectively. I, I think, uh, you know, if if the Ravens think as you do, and you know, with the new guys in the front office, Eric DeSanta is his first draft. Um, I, I think the Ravens are in good hands if they, you know, um, subliminally adopt your, your ways of thinking. So really like yeah, where you're coming from, uh, coming from. It was a pleasure talking to you tonight, brother. Likewise, Bennett. All right, Roland, I'll see you at work tomorrow. <laughs> All right, Noah, I shall see you first thing crack of the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, I'm working that four to eight, buddy. <laughs> All right, I'll see you. All right, man. All right, and we want to thank Roland and Jack for coming on and talking about their thoughts on the Baltimore Ravens. Again, said this last episode, but if you're a fan of any NFL team and you want to come on and do this be a GM type of interview, just DM us on any of our social medias. Make sure to follow us on both Instagram and Twitter. Share it with a friend. Rate, subscribe, the whole nine yards. Uh, Once again, thank you to Roland and Jack for coming on. We'll talk to you guys next time.